0: Educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today we're speaking with Alexandra van der Ploeg. Alexandra van der Ploeg is Head of Corporate Social Responsibility at SAP Globally. Alexandra is responsible for setting the strategic direction of CSR, focused on bringing to life SAP's higher purpose of helping the world run better and improving people's lives through strategic partnerships and programs that deliver sustainable social impact and long-term business value. In this function, she also oversees corporate giving, volunteerism, and the development of multi-stakeholder partnerships, for which Alexandra has a particular passion. Alexandra joined SAP in 1999. She started with SAP Switzerland in charge of management development, and over the course of the next 10 years, held various managerial positions in human resources. Moving into the CSR organization in 2010, Alexandra developed and managed various global CSR programs, such as building an infrastructure for social business in Haiti and the development of a range of pro bono volunteering programs, for example, the SAP Social Sabbatical Portfolio. Alexandra also serves on the Advisory Council of Impact 2030 and is part of the Leadership Council of the Realized Worth Institute. She holds an MBA from Henley Business School in Great Britain. So in today's podcast, we'll discuss Alexandra's insights on how we can get business to create more social impact. We'll get Alexandra's thoughts, perspective on corporate social responsibility opportunities, and we'll hear what Alexandra believes can be done to create stronger ties between the corporate world and social enterprises. Alexandra, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's a great pleasure.
0: Fantastic. So to kick things off, Alexandra, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you to a career in corporate social responsibility?
1: Yeah, it was coincidence, to be honest, and that I ended up in corporate social responsibility as sometimes things happen in life. So my career initially started in human resources at SAP. I did about 10 years of human resources in the company. Basically, doing everything you can imagine uh, under the sun when it comes to HR. And in 2010, I moved into corporate social responsibility. The way that that actually happened is I moved with a volunteer project into CSR. Hmm. Um, in 2010, just after the terrible earthquake in Haiti, um, our then CEO met with Professor Mohammed Yunus at, at the World Economic Forum. And they decided that um, we were going to do a joint project between SAP and uh, Mohammed Yunus to bring um, social business basically to Haiti and mm. um, to um, support long-term economic development in the country. They needed volunteers from SAP. I put up my hand uh, as an HR expert, which is one of the fields that they needed. Yeah. So I was doing that for three months. And then I realized that I I just got very, very passionate about it. And um, I basically convinced the company that we should stay involved. Uh, and I stayed on as a project coach for another two and a half to almost three years um, to help Set up a social business incubator in Haiti.
0: Wow, what an interesting experience. I'm sure that provided you with a lot of really interesting experience.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, that it's still to this day, I see that um, it laid that whole project, laid a foundation for me um, in terms of. What I believe um, in terms of the power of social entrepreneurship um, mm. and the social enterprise sector, um, but also it formed it shaped the basis of how I believe uh, volunteering, and particularly corporate volunteering, can support um, economic development if done right. I mean, I saw a lot of things that were, and we probably also did a lot of things that did not really work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but to this day, it was I, w- I say it's baptism by fire and uh, a lot of what I know um, was shaped uh, through that time.
0: Mm, fantastic, so as director of CSR at SAP then, what sort of projects are you involved in day to day and which of those do you believe are really creating some really strong positive social change?
1: I think, you know, when when I moved into CSR in 2010, um, we were still very philanthropic in the mm. way that we approached corporate social responsibility. But um, as of 2010, we started shifting that into a much more strategic direction. Um, and, you know, one of the key things that we had to do uh, to become more strategic were basically three things. One, we had to make sure we created focus and we were starting to be much more aligned with the business. And um, bit bluntly speaking, you know, prior to 2010, we were doing everything under the sun. We were writing a lot of checks to a lot of great causes, obviously, But that had very little to do with us as a business and with our core company, core core competence, Mm. and core assets. And so that was the first thing that we did: is you know, what is it that we should be focusing on um, to ensure we're aligned with the business, Mm. um, to be able to create social impact and value for society, but also create impact and value for us as a business. So create basically that two way street. So basically, we decided that our With us being in in the technology space, um, our biggest contribution could probably be made in ensuring that we prepare people for the digital economy and we make sure that nobody gets left behind. Mm. So our slogan in CSR is uh, to power opportunity through digital inclusion. There's basically three things that we're primarily focusing on. One is we have a lot of digital skills programs across the world about in about 90 different countries. So we look, we look at bringing digital literacy um, to young kids, but it goes right up to providing employment opportunities to young adults um, in the IT sector. The second pillar that we focus on, uh, and that has a lot to do with our strong belief in multi-stakeholder partnerships, is we want to help nonprofit organizations and social enterprises that are very innovative and are creating already a lot of social impact. We want them to be better at what they do. Mm -hmm. So we want to help them be best run. Um, That's sort of our second pillar, and I'm sure we'll come back to that because that hits the social enterprise space. And the third one is we look at how we can bring... And the the vast expertise and know-how of our employee base, uh, of over 90,000 employees across 180 countries, how we can bring that connected to the programs and initiatives that we drive um, so that we create sustainable and social impact.
0: Mm, Wow, what a broad depth of work there. It's really, really interesting stuff happening there at SAP, Alexandra. And in some of my previous interviews, for example, with Roger Warnock and Mike Davis, Aline Lauke and Annika Horn, and as well as other conversations, it seems that CSR can sometimes be perceived as a bolt-on activity, which perhaps isn't effective as it could sometimes be to create that system change. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested in hearing about your perspective on some examples uh, of the most effective and successful CSR strategies.
1: I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that you know if you don't want it to be a bolt on and add- on um, yeah. to what you do as a business, you need to make sure it's integrated into your business. Mm-hmm. You know I think the mistake that a lot of people make is that they see cSR as a function. Rather than as a just being a part of of the business, um now, of course the the area that I'm responsible for is a function, but the way that we try to live corporate social responsibility goes way beyond our function. Mm. Um so it looks at everything that we do within the company that is geared towards creating social good. So I think that's the first thing. People sort of need to uh, stop stop thinking about csr in the in purely functional terms, yeah. Um, and see it more as part of the DNA of the company. Mm -hmm. Um, If you start seeing it as the DNA of your company, um, then it basically means you have to, as I said, connect it with the business strategy. So you have to figure out what is it that makes you as a company tick Um, and what is it because of what you do, the products and services that you provide, what is it you can do to tap into that to create um, societal good. I think that's one. Um, so your your CSR activities have to be directly uh, derived basically from the business strategy. But, you know, one of the key things that I've started noticing in the last years is um, you see the conversations shifting within the private sector when it comes to, Creating um, or corporate social responsibility or, you know, making a contribution to society. And I think it's basically two reasons why that is happening.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: One um, is Agenda 2030 and Sustainable Development Goals um, that were ratified in September 2015. Um, And the increasing awareness and understanding that the private sector plays a significant role if we want to achieve any of the goals, any of these ambitious goals that the UN um, has set out um, for our planet. Um, But the second one is that um, what we've seen is, particularly in conversations with our customers and partners, a lot of players in the private sector are increasingly what they call being purpose-led. So looking at not just creating economic value, but creating um, societal and environmental um, impact at the same time. Mm. So basically look at the triple bottom line rather than just at the bottom line. And I think that drive um, towards being increasingly purpose-led is asking companies to be, to integrate CSR much more strongly into the business rather than to see it as an add-on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's some some fantastic insights there. So how have you then seen the corporate sector shift in <laughs> recent years? And what are the typical challenges that you see corporate leaders coming up against? Alexandra?
1: So you know, as I said, we see increasingly um, companies being much more purpose-led. And by the way, this is not just a. I'm Dutch, so I, I tend to be a little bit blunt. <laughs> um, this is not just, in my opinion, at least, it's not. This is not just a. You know, sometimes you have trends that come and go, right? And um, but I truly believe that comp- the private sector looking towards finding higher purpose and Mm. applying that higher purpose towards the triple bottom line is not a trend that will go away. And here's why. Um, There's things happening in the economy that point towards it being there to stay. I think, one, consumers are being much more demanding of their brands. Mm. Um, What you see is people switching brands if they believe that a company is not doing its part and is not being positive and yeah. its contribution to society. We have a whole generation, be it millennials or Generation Z, that demand of business um, to be purpose-led. And they will basically say, look, we will not buy from you, but we also don't want to work for you if you're not, being, if you're not making a positive contribution towards the planet. Yeah. So I think because of those trends, um, its uh, purpose is basically here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you if that's what you believe, um, then maybe let's switch this conversation towards the social enterprise sector uh, and why I believe that uh, they play such a fundamental role. Social enterprises, in my opinion, are absolutely pivotal in that in that they are the role model for what it means to be Mm. purpose-led. So it can serve as an inspiration to the private sector um, but in turn we as a private sector can also inspire them um, to be better at what they do.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So are there any particular countries then that you believe are really leading the charge when it comes to social enterprise or social innovation and if so what are they doing that you think other countries could adopt?
1: (laughs) So I think (laughs) Um, there's different countries that sort of become or are, are becoming lighthouses for different reasons, and I'm going to mention one that might surprise you. Um, but you know, one of the countries that sort of stick out for me is India. Mm. Um, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is that um, a few years ago, India signed off the so-called India Companies Act. I don't know if you if you have heard about that, but India is one of the first countries, if not the first country in the world, where the government basically said, we are going to determine by law um, how much um, companies are supposed to spend on corporate social responsibility and what they need to spend it for.
0: Mm.
1: And so basically the India Companies Act says um, to private sector companies uh, that are established in India that they need to to spend 2% of their profits uh, into corporate social responsibility activities, and those activities need to be tied to the national agenda mm. um, of a digital India. Um, and interestingly enough, social um, social entrepreneurship plays a significant role. Um, what we have seen in in the last few years is a, a significant increase in um, social entrepreneurship in India. Um, it is really booming. <laughs> mm. um, so quite interesting interesting to observe that, and. In other parts of the world, um, I think any country that has taken legislative action um, towards establishing um, social entrepreneurship as a valuable part of economic development Mm -hmm. is also sort of uh, what sticks out. Um, Again, in in the very beginning, I said um, around the Social Enterprise World Forum in Scotland, how surprised I was about the uh, the booming social enterprise sector in Scotland, which I was not aware of whatsoever, despite mm. having lived in Scotland for four years cool. during uh, during my university time. Um, and that is only because the government, the Scottish government, uh, is so incredibly supportive um, in setting up and 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 driving social entrepreneurship as a as a valuable part of economic development in the country.
0: Mm. It was certainly really inspiring to witness at the the recent Social Enterprise World Forum in Edinburgh, Alexandra. So, what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently that you wish to share with our audience?
1: So, <laughs> there's so many that it's, uh, it's it's hard uh, to uh, to point to the ones that I mean, <laughs> Okay, so maybe – let me let me take some examples just from the Social Enterprise World Forum because, mm. I mean, there's so many organizations and social enterprise that we come in contact with um, on a daily basis that – and each and every one of them I find incredibly inspiring because of the incredible work that they do. Mm. Um, but there were maybe just a few examples from the Social Enterprise World Forum – One of the organizations that truly inspired me in Scotland was the Social Enterprise Academy. Mm. Um, And I think it it was also because they, to me, they had one of the most moving and emotional contributions on stage um, at the Social Enterprise World Forum when they brought um, school kids from two different schools on stage to talk about their social enterprise projects. And the reason why I'm highlighting this is that I truly believe that it's the younger generations. I mean, they are our future anyway, right? But if you can inspire them already at a very young age to be entrepreneurial in their mindset um, and at the same time combine that with social responsibility, you know we are we are setting ourselves up for a pretty bright future yeah. <laughs> and so what the the work that they do I find incredibly inspiring that they work with so many different schools not just in Scotland but in basically all of the countries where they have built up hubs um, to inspire young children to look at how they can use business thinking and business models um to create um, societal good and Mm -hmm. to make an impact on causes that are important to them as children. And so I found that incredibly inspiring um, and I hope that we will see much more uh, from the Social Enterprise Academy in that space. Similarly, you know that the next Social Enterprise World Forum is going to be hosted in Ethiopia next year.
0: Very much looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was. It's going to be a very different uh, Social Enterprise World Forum, I'm sure. Uh, but. You know, I, I found it very interesting to hear about the social enterprise endeavors um, that are already happening in Ethiopia today. Mm. And, um, you know, we had, there were two people in particular um, on stage and, God, I have to remember their names. I'm so bad with names. One was, uh, had set up a social enterprise in the uh, private ambulance space. Yeah, and um, that I found pretty fascinating, and particularly because he was he was talking a lot about his personal struggles. Yeah. Um. But it also showed the incredible commitment, um, that he had, um, to make sure that what he believed in was actually going to happen and take place, mm. irrespective of the personal sacrifices that he had to make. And uh, the other one was um, the uh, what was it called, *Tebbet Girls*? Um, yep the TV show um, that has just been produced uh, to show girls um, how they can be empowered and how they can basically take charge of their own life, uh, be entrepreneurial and, um, and make something uh, out of themselves. And particularly also look at how you know, they can be part of the digital, uh, digital world and how that can empower them to be um, self-sufficient and, and be of value to society. Mm. So uh, it's going to be very interesting, I think, um, to hear many more examples like that uh, when uh, when we are in Ethiopia next
0: year. Absolutely. I cannot wait for that forum. So to finish off then, Alexandra, what books would you recommend to our listeners?
1: Uh, so if you want to, one of the the key books that I read that inspired me, um, particularly around um, social entrepreneurship, was uh, a book that was written by uh, Jacqueline Novogratz. She is the founder of the Acumen Fund, mm-hmm. um, and she wrote a book called The Blue Sweater. Um, and in that, she describes um, basically her journey uh, toward social entrepreneurship out of the uh out of the financial sector, which 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 is where she spent a large part of her career. And mm. I think it's it's a very well written book. Um it's it's a very easy read, um, but it's very inspirational. And um, I'm a big fan uh, of the work that the Acumen Fund does with, um, with patient capital and in um, you know, supporting and funding um, high-impact social enterprises, particularly in Eastern Africa and India and Pakistan. I'm pretty sure we will see uh, social enterprises that, were, um, that are supported by the Acumen Fund in Ethiopia next year as, as they have a, a pretty strong hold in Eastern Africa as i said so that's definitely a book that um, that i i would recommend to anyone
0: fantastic well i'll stick a link through to it at the bottom of the article alexandra but once again thank you so much for sharing your generous insights and time today alexandra i'll look forward to seeing you next year at the social enterprise world forum and following your journey as it progresses
1: wonderful thank you so much for having me and i'm looking forward to seeing you there too